0: Welcome back to another thrilling episode of Eat Me in St. Louis. Are you
1: a 1940s announcer now?
0: I am. My name's Nick. I'm Travis. I'm Francie. And this is the restaurant that we review new restaurants in and around St.
1: Louis. This is the restaurant. Did Where I say we, that? Yeah, you are off to a bang up start today.
2: All right, from the top.
1: <laughs> Take 17. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? I'm doing well. We went to Southwest Diner today for breakfast. It was amazing. I'd never been to Southwest Diner, but it's like an institution. Mm -hmm. Got that. Got their breakfast burrito, which was incredible. And I would like to say we'll post pictures, but I ate it immediately, and there are no pictures to be had.
2: You'll have to go back. Oh,
1: yeah. That won't be a problem.
0: Can we just take a picture of your
1: stomach right now? (laughs) (laughs) If we want to lose all of our followers immediately, yeah.
0: How about you, Francie? How are you doing?
2: I have been enjoying all of our beautiful autumn color here in St. Louis that has been so late in arriving. But really spectacular when it finally got here.
0: Yeah, it is really beautiful out right now. It seemed like I hadn't noticed it until this weekend and I was out and there's all the colors gorgeous. When we're posting this it's probably spring.
1: Or like the middle of January and it's just like gray <laughs> out. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: But guys, trust me, it was really pretty.
2: <laughs> well, for everybody who didn't get over to the Missouri Botanical Garden during this past week, look them up online. They've got lots of great pictures posted and then you can just relive it all yourselves.
0: Yeah. Whoever's doing their picture post is really good. Um, Today we're going to be talking about (laughs) Little Fox in the Fox Park neighborhood.
1: Oh, I just put that together. I am an
2: idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ah. (laughs) Fancy that. But we have
0: a guest today that I want to introduce. He was one of the founders of the very first podcast, Archive.
1: <laughs> the archive the first one ever the made.
0: first one yes and that ran for nine years and 11 months before it was canceled for something that he said
1: that ran for eight <laughs> successful years <laughs>
0: <laughs> and two not so successful ones we're very happy to have john Dedekie here
3: today thank you thank you it's great to uh be recording a podcast that i don't have to edit
0: would you like to (laughs) just putting that out there if you back in the saddle yeah so last episode when i was introducing the show i said that we review new restaurants in and around st louis and travis asked me is it just new or is it new and notable which i was a little confused about because We've been doing this for a couple of years now, and <laughs> every episode, I say that up
3: top. But yeah, that's our focus. So, John, I was wondering, why did you choose Little Fox for us today? So this is a little bit embarrassing, I guess. I'm going to just come right out uh, at the beginning and tell you that when it comes to appreciating restaurants, the food for me is maybe about a quarter of the the full um, experience. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, Have you tried Twisted Ranch? <laughs> 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 Do you think the experience there is good? <laughs> oh. I find myself, especially more and more, uh, the older that I get and the more places that I go, I find that the, the whole package really matters a lot to mm-hmm. me, whether I appreciate it or not. Um, and with Little Fox... The food has always been great. I think they've been open now for maybe about a year and a half, two Mm -hmm. years uh, or so. They
2: opened right into the pandemic.
3: Yeah. And that, that would have been a challenging time. That was a challenging time for restaurants. And what I saw with Little Fox was so not only impressive, but just right in my sweet spot, especially throughout the pandemic. Uh, So I was curious about it. The concept sounded interesting to me. I followed the owners who used to, I think they met in New York. I don't know if you guys were planning to talk about this at some point, but they had an interesting background. So I was kind of tracking the development of Little Fox. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. Everybody closed and no one really knew what restaurants were going to do. Restaurants didn't know what they were going to do. And Little Fox kind of embraced this challenge right out of the gate and found ways to be Uh, A successful business um, That really met the need Of the neighborhood In a way that I thought Was really appealing And then they just Continued to do it Like Mm -hmm. you know A lot of people pivoted Right out of the gate uh, To doing takeout You know, places that had never really done a robust takeout business before were suddenly doing takeout. They had not done a robust, you know, they hadn't done any robust business at that point. (laughs) But they pivoted and were like, okay, now we're a takeout place. And it was great. They started a wine club, um, which was great. And then summer came along. People started opening up again. They would do places that had patios were the place to go. They purchased or rented the, the neighboring lot. They purchased lot. that they purchased lot that across, that across the, the street. street. Yeah. yeah. Put up a tent and a bunch of outdoor tables. Uh, and it, it became like just exactly the thing that uh, my wife and I were looking for throughout that period of the pandemic. It was a place where we could go. We could meet up with people. We didn't have to really interact with a lot of people. They mm-hmm. Operationally, they had everything down. And it was so incredible to see somebody do that. And and constantly keep reinventing themselves yeah. successfully, not yeah. just to like try something, but to actually like operationally yeah. make it happen well.
2: They pulled it off.
3: Yeah. When so many places, you know, even eight months into the pandemic, I would be like trying to order food from them and they would be like, oh, we don't know how the we don't we don't use the app anymore or, you know, like all these places that would have had all this time to figure it out still hadn't quite nailed it. And little Fox, every time they tried to do something, it seemed like it was a success. So I guess, yeah. you know, that to me, um They really are kind of a new restaurant every time I go there, Mm -hmm. Um, and and that was true this most recent visit.
1: That's much more eloquent than what I thought you were going to say, which is as soon as they opened, I put in my name for a reservation, (laughs) and I was able to get in last week.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that because I've probably – I have dined via Little Fox uh, maybe a dozen times now. I still have not dined inside Little Fox (laughs) yet. Uh, When I first asked you about it, you
0: suggested this place and said a few other places, but you said that they've continually reinvented themselves, and you think that that would be a good place to talk about. And I wasn't really that familiar with them, and since doing a little research into their history, I'm going to basically echo everything you just said so just skip ahead two <laughs> minutes but the owners craig and Mowgli rivard they were cooks at acclaimed restaurants in new york and had private kitchens in london but this is actually their first restaurant and they opened in december of 2019 right before the pandemic started and everything i saw about them was everything that john was saying where it was just like they kept switching up things and trying new things well received for all of them you know, talking about the lot across the street, they had this tent, had like fifteen tables. They even had a crossing guard that they hired on staff yeah. to help people go across the street. And I think, if I understand it correctly, it, like, it wasn't like this was an extension of their patio. It was basically to
3: go, but they created this other space. It was that a you whole could different go. concept. Yeah, yeah. and in, yeah. in some cases, a different menu. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting. Like they they really uh, changed up what they were offering.
1: Yeah.
0: And then they have a natural wine club.
1: So natural wine does mm. not contain, uh, like, preservatives and no, things like fights. that. Yeah. Uh, and it uh, includes no um, additives to adjust the color to, like, um, like mellow out the taste. Like, it's natural wine. Hannah is probably, like, cursing me as she's listening to this because I'm giving a bad explanation. But that's the, that's gist, the gist of it. Of it yeah. yeah.
3: But then the big thing is... Wait. How did they end up in St. Louis? I actually – I do know a little bit about that. Um, I think they met in New York. They met in Brooklyn, I believe, um, and they were looking for a place um, outside of Brooklyn that had a Brooklyn feel where they would have a little bit more growth potential, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how they landed on uh, St. Louis. It might have had a family connection. Little Fox, I guess, though it is their first restaurant, they, they already kind of have this um, – a restaurant group uh, Formulated Called Postcards from Brooklyn oh, uh, I So I, I think yeah. they have Like a, a A lot of ambition And I, I Based on what they've done so far I'm excited to see what they do You know Beyond Little Fox But um, I've, I've often heard this um, Statement I think uh, It was one of the guys uh, From STL Style The style house on uh, Cherokee mm-hmm. Street That does like St. Louis themed t-shirts You can't spell and
2: style without STL There you go
3: mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the two brothers there said uh something about how St. Louis has this incredible um potential because it is so every everybody kind of assumes uh that it is not and I'm paraphrasing here but that that, that St. Louis is just one thing like it it has kind of this simmering lack of self-confidence or something mm-hmm. and that creates opportunities in the cracks and so i think that that is probably one of the reasons that made it an attractive place for them to set up a restaurant. Yeah.
2: Well, they found a great space because the the actual restaurant where Purple Martin used to be was really a, a beautiful space and it's fortunate that the the previous place wasn't able to make a go of it, but then it was already rehabbed and yeah, and turned into a restaurant and ready to go.
3: But they've also they've they've done some work to it since then. You know, that the Purple Martin um they had rehabbed it and, and done a really nice job with that interior, but um, since taking it over, they have transformed, at least I haven't seen the secondary dining room, but the main room with the bar, they've completely switched that up even since taking it over from oh. Purple Martin.
2: Wouldn't know because I couldn't get in. Mm. <laughs> we'll get to that in a few minutes. <laughs> um,
0: I did, the secondary dining room, I didn't know that was even there.
3: Yeah, I th- I'm assuming that they use it as the dining room. But okay. the, the Purple Martin space, it was the, the main it's address. And then they also had a second room um, that was attached like through a hallway. Okay. Um, I was going to say, though, that a couple of weeks after you suggested
0: this, mid-October, the New York Times had a list of 50 restaurants that were uh, the ones that they're most excited about. And the only one in Missouri was Little Fox. So John, at the cutting edge of cool
1: that's why I thought you picked it. It's like, uh, okay, we we bring you on the podcast. We're like, oh, you can pick it You guys heard of this want. place? Uh... Uh, man, being featured in the New York Times and on our podcast, they are really going <laughs> to
0: of take for off. Them. <laughs> so, yeah, that might have had something to do with why you had a hard time getting a reservation right around that time.
3: Well, and I will just add, they are continuing to reinvent themselves now and part of the reason at least that i was told why it's difficult to get a reservation right now is that their patio is closed Mm -hmm. because they are adding a more permanent roof structure over Mm. it so they've lost all of those tables but yeah i did i tried to find a reservation just like going months ahead and Mm -hmm. from what i can tell there are no tables available This year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we'll talk
0: about that. But first, let's listen to some Yelp reviews.
1: Yelp. Yelp.
0: Little Fox had four and a half stars with 58 reviews on Yelp. Jason P. from St. Louis, Missouri, gave it five stars. And he said, little maybe in their name. But their dishes are huge in flavor. And he probably didn't say that like a news announcer, but that was my take on it. (laughs) Little Fox has been on our list of places to try, and since it was between the grocery store and our home, we decided Sunday evening was the best time to give this restaurant a try. So home invaders out there, (laughs) Jason P. (laughs) is at the grocery store on Sundays. Uh, Ordering through their app was super simple. They had photos of each dish along with really great descriptions that let you know exactly what you were getting. This was actually the best takeout experience we've had all the pandemic.
1: So uh, Redstone B from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, gave it one star Hmm. and said, This is really true. I ordered a Sprite, and after they took my order, it took them another 15 minutes to come back with my drink. And if it takes this long just for my drink, I'm not staying for my food. So after I got my drink... (laughs) I walked out and didn't order any food so I go to good old McDonald's
2: wow <laughs> yeah well there's well, an opinion worth considering yeah really
1: <laughs> impressed with his review he got the meal he deserved it sounded like
0: I like any uh, review that tells you that it was true
1: at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start leaving one-star reviews on restaurants that I don't eat the food at either. Yeah. So.
0: Let, let's review bomb every restaurant outside of St. Louis.
1: <laughs> Starting with we Philadelphia. We will become a food right, mecca yeah. because everything else will just be and terrible.
0: Our Yelp name is Eat Me in St. Louis, so it's going to be even worse.
2: Well, as a counterpoint to that, a very enthusiastic review from a woman named Kelly H. of St. Louis. Five stars. And here's what she said. We had the onion soup, which I couldn't resist as it had a piece of bone marrow in the center of the soup, OMG, and the Brussels sprouts and kale salad. The soup flavor was rich and complex, but not heavy. Unfortunately, the bone marrow did not add much for me, and I hate kale. Really hate it. Gross. But let's talk about the holy crap moment of the night. Delicata squash, tempera squash, and tempera lemon slices, and tempera green onions, with the best honey, these are things all in caps. It was one of the most <laughs> magical dishes I have ever tasted. I had no idea you could eat a whole dang lemon fried up, but it was so tasty and pungent and tart and yum. I have told everyone about that dish.
1: My new goal is to now find the reviews with the most like slang and buzzwords and emojis and OMGs yep. and make Francie read them. <laughs> <things. laughs> <laughs> wanted
2: to do justice. She was obviously very passionate about her meal.
0: Very excited about tempura. I liked that she uh, ordered something because of the bone marrow and then the kale salad and then was like, I didn't like the bone marrow and I hate I kale. I hate
2: kale. Why would you order kale salad? I don't
0: know. <laughs> but i really interested in this fried lemon, which sounds terrible to me. Oh, I think <laughs> but it sounds
2: fantastic.
0: I mean, I'm definitely going to order it
3: uh, if I go back. I'm glad. Uh... <laughs> so that's supposed to be a cliffhanger. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> stay on, till on, the on. end. <laughs> I'm glad Kelly brought that up because I have a personal history with that dish that I oh, cooked. do you I feel tell. Like I need to talk about. Well, a dish killed his father. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself not always the most attentive uh, menu reader. Mm -hmm. Um, I I get really excited about certain words, and then I kind of block out the other words based on just whatever I'm feeling at the moment. And the squash, I I see squash so rarely on menus. It's just not something that really takes um, a prominent spot as like a, a, a standalone um, dish that you can order. But that's what you jumped at? Yeah. 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 So I see squash and I'm like, oh, I got to order that. I, yeah. don't, I, 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 I think this is my mental process. Like I yeah. see squash and then I just kind of like throw on blinders, like yep. don't care, whatever. You know. Travis sees fried, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say country fried steak.
2: So yeah. <laughs> Nailed it.
3: So numerous times over the last year I have ordered the squash not remembering how it's prepared. Oh, and then it arrives, and I, you know, usually I will I will end up getting a few uh, small dishes. So I, I'm just expecting a smattering of stuff, and I, I kind of forget what I ordered. And um, it has happened multiple times where the dishes arrive, and I see this <laughs> yeah. basket of fried stuff. What the hell is that? <laughs> go, Wait a minute! <laughs> I didn't think they did bread here. Is this what? What is this? And then I realize again. Oh, right. That's the squash. But I think it's a dish that if I were ordering at the bar, like if I were at the bar having a drink and I just suddenly wanted something to snack on, mm-hmm. I think that would be like the most exquisite bar snack I could imagine. You yeah. say
2: exquisite bar snack, Keeley says, holy crap, moment of the night. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same thing. Yes. Experience. John, you've been here many times, it
0: sounds like. So if you remember, like, your first time going there.
3: Uh, yeah. Well, I think the first time was definitely a takeout experience. Okay. Um, but I, I've, I think I've run the gamut of, of experiences except for actually dining inside the restaurant. Right. The takeout experience was great. They, you know, really have, from the get-go, tried to make the entire menu available. And if they couldn't have that, they would adjust the menu. And I've since dined uh, at the ancillary lot. Um, numerous times yeah which was kind of like an elevated almost like a uh like a church picnic kind of thing hmm. um but with like really great cocktails and um the best uh you should come to my church okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is all just an elaborate ruse for nick to get converts to his
3: religion <laughs> have you heard the good word <laughs> Well, if you have uh, chicken wings like these um, oh. at your, uh, at <laughs> you your church. <laughs> I,
1: lo- I like to think that's how you actually picked your religion. <laughs> you like, who has the best chicken Oh, weight?
0: man. The next time Mormons show up, first question. Uh, I heard them describing it as a pop-up, which is kind of interesting for it to be a restaurant having their own pop-up across the street. But since you said that they have a slightly different menu,
3: that kind of makes some sense. Yeah, um, that that was such a fun experience, um, it, and it was it was great to have as an alternative. If, like for example, you couldn't get into the restaurant if they you mm-hmm. know were booked up for the night, generally you could still just walk across the street, get really good food and great drinks. Well, fine, I'm going across the
0: street then. <laughs>
3: Um, I've dined on the patio, like had regular table service on the patio, which was wonderful. Um, and then most recently, back to takeout again. Yeah, how big was their patio? How many tables? Uh, I think it was about six. Okay, six or eight, yeah. maybe.
1: So I ate inside. I got the one experience John didn't get. Uh, we asked if they had seats at the bar. They did, so we sat at the bar. They have their tables separated with plastic. Or glass dividers. I'm assuming that to be like for COVID, but I wouldn't mind that anytime because just you know, some barrier between me and the people behind <laughs> me is fine with me. Yeah, um, and yeah, we went on like a weeknight. We tried to call in advance. Uh, we tried to make reservations in advance. As you said, they're booked out for <laughs> like the foreseeable future. I guess <laughs> which great for them but they did have like a, a good amount of bar seating so if you're listening to this and you're like oh i would love to try that place that they keep saying i can't get into uh you might get lucky with a bar seat
3: yeah they told us that wednesdays are almost always bars accessible you can we get went in on there. a wednesday really? perfect yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: this call. is also the kind of stuff you could have told us when we were all trying to
2: go <laughs> to the restaurant john
1: <laughs>
0: this is true <laughs> So we actually got a table, and we called on a Saturday, because we, we heard that they were hard to get reservations. I looked on their app, which they use Resi, I think, if you go to their website and link to that. Then I looked two months in advance, and as you guys were saying, it was just booked solid. And my first thought was, something is broken. Like, yeah, that's what <laughs> I thought, too. <laughs> this isn't working. And then I, I don't even know what I... It was, but I somehow found a link to another site that was similar to that that does reservations for them. And there was one date, December 12th or something, that had one time at 930. And that made me think it wasn't broken (laughs) because there's this one available thing. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call them. And I called. So I
1: called them to tell them that the reservation system was broken. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: I asked if they had anything available in the next week, and she said, "Let me take a look." And she said, "When do you want to come in?" And I said, "Literally any time." And I think it, it was either Saturday or Sunday, but you know, the weekend was pretty much booked up. Wednesday is their first day open after that, and uh, and they said that they were available. They had a, a spot in there, so we got in to that. No problem. So maybe just give them a call if the app isn't showing anything.
1: I will say I was a little confused because we went right at 5 o'clock because we were, like, desperate to get a table. So we went basically, like, for the early bird special at Little Fox. And nobody sat at a table until, like, 6.30. Hmm. And it's, like, I mean, if you guys are, like, this popular that people are, like, dying to get in here and, like, you're booked out months in advance, like, why not have a 5 o'clock time slot and just be, like, you can... Come Come early if you want. Yeah, come early. Be here until 7. We'll do Mm -hmm. another seating at 7. We'll do another seating at 9. You know, it it just feels like they might be able to, like, add some efficiency there, especially in the winter when, like, patio is not a, like, a viable option and things like that. So I was a little surprised by that. But, you know, we were lucky enough to be able to sit at the bar. And there were other open seats at the bar as well. So,
0: yeah. Um, The space in there is kind of small-ish. It's kind of shotgun the tables are, uh, as Travis was saying, separated. Uh, otherwise, they'd be kind of close together for uh, pandemic, but I felt like that was good. But uh, the decor is really nice. It's kind of simple. They have these, like, wooden panels, these light wood with light blue color throughout it. Very pretty. Bar is up front, and then in the back, there's a counter for the kitchen. You can see into the kitchen. Possibly another room.
2: The it, secret second dining room. Yeah. Yes.
1: I... I John, after you kind of explained that they've been constantly adapting, it makes a lot more sense because they had a takeout window. Oh, yeah. I, I will was talk like, about oh, the yeah, takeout. The window's yeah. The window is fantastic. Yeah. It's like, what kind of fine dining establishment has a takeout window? <laughs> like, that's really <laughs> interesting.
0: They added both of those when the pandemic started. So they have two, one to order and one to take out.
2: Huh. So I ordered in advance, planning on takeout, since I couldn't get a reservation. And I thought, just for simplicity's sake, I will do the takeout experience so I can report on that. I ordered from home, looked at the menu, very easy to, to do my ordering. And then it told me what time my meal would be ready. And I got there five minutes early thinking, well, if it's ready, I want to get it while it's hot and mm-hmm. get back home. And I walked up to the window, very friendly person in a mask, greeted me. I had my mask on, um, gave her my name. She said, "I'll me check on your order. And she came back, and she said, it'll be ready in five minutes. So I mean, <laughs> it literally was at, at the exact time. And when they gave it to me, it was all packaged very, very well. It was hot when I got it home after a 15-minute drive.
0: I appreciate that it was ready on the dot like that because I ordered from a place that was – Kind of across town, and it said it was going to be 30 minutes. And then 10 minutes later, it said it, it was ready. I hadn't left yet. I could have <laughs> been on the way. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the food. The food. Francie, do you want to talk about the food now?
2: Sure. So, <laughs> I ordered three things. I did not order one of their main entrees because for a carryout meal, I wasn't sure I wanted to get a $30 entree, so I decided to get something off the snacks menu and a small plate and a dessert. So, I got the crispy artichokes, which are $7 and served with what they call sauce au verre, which is basically a green sauce, and the short ribs, which were $14. It's thin-cut short ribs with Calabrian chili, Italian fish sauce, and grilled cabbage.
0: How are those?
2: So, this was so interesting. My first reaction with the artichokes I was shocked by the small size of the order. You know I opened the container expecting i didn 't know how they were going to be prepared, and I was expecting the way you traditionally see them in an Italian restaurant, lots of little pieces of fried artichoke and it was five pieces that were like sections of an artichoke, including kind of down the long stem. And it was breaded. I don't know if it was the tempura batter that they used for that mm-hmm. or not. So at first I was like, wow, seven dollars and all I get are these five pieces of art. Anyway, it was so good. They were absolutely exquisite. And the sauce was fantastic. And I didn't use all the sauce. I saved it and used it on something else I cooked for myself. That's later a sign in of a good week.
1: sauce when you're like, I'm not throwing the rest yeah. of this. Yeah. Way.
2: Yeah, it was it was really good. I don't know what was in there, but it was excellent. And the short ribs are um, really unusual. They didn't look like any short ribs I've ever had. They were basically uh, thin squares of meat attached to small bones and not like long ribs. Mm-hmm. I know they're called short ribs. but You they, should write menus. And, <laughs> 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 and, they, and really flavorful. The, the meat was a bit chewy, but not in a bad way, and really tasty, really flavorful. And um, my third item, do we want to talk about that right now or save it till we talk about the non-dessert items? Well, Well, I
0: just wanted to say I read a a Yelp review that talked about the short ribs that made me really want those when I go back. So uh, if you weren't convinced by Francie, go look on the (laughs) Yelp. I
1: I also got the short (laughs) ribs. And so um, you guys are going to give me a hard time because I always come across as the most uncultured person you've ever met. No. Um. (laughs) (laughs) You? (laughs) The only time Who, I've ever had short ribs is Chinese takeout. Uh, so, like, I I was expecting I, – I don't know what I was expecting, but Chinese I wasn't expecting – You had
2: short ribs at the hangar, didn't you? <laughs> did I? I, I did. So. I thought you did, too. Uh,
1: maybe I did. Maybe I'm just forgetting that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> But I
1: was not ready for them to be, like – it's like a square. They
2: were like tiles. Yeah, like uh,
1: meat part uh, and meat, part meat, bone. meat on the bone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were great. Yeah. Like, the flavor was fantastic, but um, I've just never had short ribs still attached to the rib bone before. Like, that was a new experience for me.
0: Maybe I've never had short ribs either. I <laughs> thought that was, like, the norm. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> uh, okay, what what was the last thing you got?
2: So, my last item... There were, I believe there were only three desserts listed and so of course I had to get the chocolate one Mm. and it was called olive oil chocolate tart and I have not baked with olive oil in a a dish like that and I've heard that it really turns out great Uh, and it did so it was this beautiful slice of a tart it had flaky sea salt and candied citrus peel and a little bit of lemon oil I mean it was a vision of beauty when I lifted the lid and then each bite was just the combination of the salt and the sweet tangy citrus peel and the deep dense rich chocolate the flavors were wonderful the texture was perfection it was really a great that by the way was nine dollars that cost more than than the artichokes but worth every penny
0: so uh, olive oil is in the name of that could you actually taste it or does that it was drizzled
2: on top that was the um, that was the lemon oil that was drizzled on top. Mm.
1: I was wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well it was probably lemon infused olive oil. Oh like yeah. when you go okay. to Vom Foss in yeah. mm. Maplewood and you buy lemon oil, it's it's lemon infused olive oil.
1: Yeah, I, I but oh, Francie did did this beautiful justice because this was a, a vision. Like this thing was incredible. I also obviously got the <laughs> <laughs> I read a Yelp review. <laughs> no i just i was waiting like it's a big slice of chocolate tart and i was like this is going to be a little too much but whatever they did whether it was the lemon oil or the candied citrus it it was so well balanced it was so like decadent beautiful flavors like it, it was just like When you hear great things about a restaurant, you're just like, okay, like give me a dish that it's like, this is the kind of thing Mm -hmm. people are talking about. This was that dish for me. This was that mic drop moment at the end of the meal where I was just like, wow. Like, I, I, I texted Nick just to be like did you get dessert? And he said no. And I, it took everything for me not to you be like... You your phone. you, you got to go. Like, you've got to go before we record this podcast. What is wrong with it's you? so good.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that dessert is made in-house or it's brought in, but it is pure delight. Yeah, I get
0: the sense that most of the stuff is
1: made in-house. They take off the whisk sticker and just slide it out to there. What
0: else did you get, Travis?
1: Uh, so... You know, Hannah and I both went. So we went and got a few things and split them all. We got the Nugent croquettes, which I thought was kind of more in line with arancini. So it was Spanish bomba rice, spicy prosciutto aioli, uh, and pecorino cheese. So these croquettes had this Spanish bomba rice, and Spanish bomba rice is what they use in paella. So it just soaks up flavor. Mm. Like, so smart and so good because. Like this little fried ball, you're just like, okay, this is gonna kind of be one note. But with using that rice, they were able to infuse so much flavor into a bite that you just like wanted to keep coming back for more, except there were only three of them, so you couldn't do that too often. But <laughs> and I was splitting them with my wife, so but the sauce they put with them. Was just great. It doesn't say what the sauce is, but it, it was uh, just fantastic. Fantastic, like a simple thing done well. They call themselves neighborhood cuisine, and they they seek out to do like traditional, like yeah. dishes well. That's and this was one of them.
0: Practically their motto. They keep a kind of small menu, things that are often familiar, and they just do it incredibly well. If you hear. Some moaning. It's not because Travis is describing the food really well. My dog is just sitting in this crate, which is open, staring at us. And
1: Harry did not get to go. The idiot he is. He's feeling not Uh, So they have two varieties of Cristino, which I thought it was more like a bruschetta, like it was a bigger uh, piece of bread, and they make their own bread in-house, but they have two kinds. One has house-cured pancetta, grilled spring onion, and garlic skate butter, which I thought sounded incredible. Of course, Hannah wanted to get the other one, so (laughs) we got that one, (laughs) and it was stewed tomato and bell pepper, purple basil, and crispy capers, so kind of a veggie take on it mm-hmm. um so the little fox bread i will say uh they put a little too much char on it and then they paired it with something in the topping that was a little bitter so it really like accentuated that char a little <laughs> too much
0: i have to say you're crazy <laughs> i was so excited to talk about this bread this is like the best bread i've ever had well <laughs> first of all we got the uh stracciatella I was not familiar with this word, but I looked it up. There's three different types of stracciatella. Uh, One is like an egg drop soup. One is missing. Oh, one is a gelato. And the other one is this one, which is a cheese. It's mozzarella. It's made from curds. And the meaning of the word is little rag. And it's Mm. because it's stretched. So the texture of it... Is almost kind of whipped. They kind of keep stretching this mozzarella and cream until it gets this really nice consistency to it. And that was delicious, but they only give you two slices of bread. You know, when I see that, I start like rationing out the proportionate amount. I want to make sure we finish the cheese,
2: the bread to cheese ratio. The bread to cheese ratio.
0: And so I'm like doing that, and it's a lot of cheese on it. And our waitress, Jessica, comes by, who is fantastic. And she says, Would you like more bread? And I'm like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, I would like more bread.
1: He like puts his like uh, blueprints away. He's like, I guess I could stop measuring all of this now.
2: I guess they don't want to waste it by giving people more bread than they need and then having... Yeah. Or
0: she comes back moments later with this new batch like freshly toasted Mm. and... Uh, You might have just gotten a bad batch because it was like perfect and crispy on the outside, a little bit soft on the inside. And just – we talked about uh, Casa Don Alfonso's bread being a little bit of a letdown Mm. or just terrible. And (laughs) (laughs) this (laughs) – bread was inspired it was so good and to then learn that they're making it in-house
1: yeah um, i really think it was just something in the topping that played off the bitter note of like the char they put on the bread yeah i'm not bashing the bread it was fine
2: it might have just been in the broiler a second too long yeah yeah yeah
1: and
0: that's too much for travis okay
2: (laughs) it's not perfect i hate it that's
0: travis (laughs) but yeah we enjoyed that a lot what else did you get
1: so we also got the chicken liver mousse which is pickled vegetables, fresh radish with lemon vinaigrette, and grilled little fox bread. That, the mousse on the bread that time was perfect. Like, that was great. Uh, I'm usually not a big fan of, like, meat mousse. Uh, I'm not a big pate guy. Um,
2: but now, I'm kind of shocked that you got the chicken liver thing.
1: Hannah ordered it.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but
1: it was great. It was uh, really fantastic. The, the moose was creamy. Um, it didn't have that like gamey. Like you could know you're eating chicken liver moose, and it didn't make you go like, Ugh. you know. It 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 was just like a beautiful texture, beautiful flavor. The the John, mousse-
0: I see you nodding along. Have you had that? No. Okay. I've always been curious about it, though.
1: The pickled vegetables played off it really well. I didn't ration my bread, and I was not offered more. I didn't know that was an option. Did you have Jessica? (laughs) No. Should have gotten Jessica.
2: (laughs) So I have a question about these pickled vegetables. Were they pickled vegetables or pickles?
1: They were pickled vegetables. It was like pickled onions and a pickled asparagus, and, like, you put that on top. Uh Uh-huh. But... (laughs) I'm not ashamed to say I like took a spoon to that chicken liver mousse out of bread, and I was just like, I'm just eating this because it's delicious. Wow! So that was fantastic. Until I got dessert, that was the highlight of my meal.
0: Uh, John, I'm going to save you for last because you've had everything except (laughs) the chicken liver mousse. Uh, You know, I mentioned the
1: stracciatella.
0: My main dish, I got the cod, which uh, was pan-seared, pan-roasted rather. That's got a carrot puree. And roasted Brussels sprouts and carrots, and it's topped with some, like, crispy leeks.
2: That sounds fantastic. It was very, very good. I'm going to go back for that.
0: Yeah. Well, I will say that I, I loved it. The I'll fish go back in April or May. Yeah. <laughs> get a reservation. <laughs> uh, fish was very, like, buttery, melt in your mouth. The carrots and Brussels sprouts were cooked through and flavorful, but there's still a little bit of crispness to them, like they should have. But... Angie got the pork bolognese, and that was amazing. That was the big hit for us. That is like a ribbon-shaped pasta with a white creamy sauce. She's had a touch of cream, but it was very creamy, very rich. Mushrooms and uh, watercress pesto. which I'm not a huge pesto head, but it was just enough. The combination of it was just fantastic.
2: That sounds really good, too. Yeah,
0: you should get that one. And then, oh, I had in my notes corner office. And when I went back mm. to look at my notes a couple of weeks later, I was like, why did I write corner office? And I thought, have you guys been to the hideaway?
2: Yeah. Oh, my God, that dive on yeah,
0: Arsenal. Yeah. Do you remember in the back corner, there's a desk?
3: Oh, yeah, covered in papers. Covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking of that. I haven't been there in a while.
0: I hope it's still there. It's still <laughs> it's there. I pass new ownership. It oh, no, the, the desk, I mean. But, uh, oh, <laughs> the paper covered desk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was such an uh, important little part of that whole experience. But
3: What does that have to do with
1: this?
0: <laughs> By the way, that is a place
2: that's famous for serving brains, Travis, if you're really into the organ meats now. I <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh.
0: But yeah, Corner Office, I had in my notes. Turns out it's a drink. <laughs>
2: Saw it when, when I was going over the
0: menu at the last minute here. Oh, talk it's, about a tangent. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, bourbon drink with a root beer infused. Oh,
2: my God. Two of my favorite things. Kochi
0: americano cochi i don't know that word but coochie
2: no. i think it's cochi
0: no definitely <laughs> not the
2: last one. <laughs> <laughs> it's cochi i don't know what it is though. you say tomato
3: it's kind um, of a, a blanc liqueur um okay. I've, I've heard it likened to like lilette blanc oh
0: may we? It, it was very good
1: <laughs> i also got a drink and i was very impressed by it i got the plaid apple
0: of course, of course you did. I <laughs> thought
1: about that and Angie got that. That was fantastic. I will say it doesn't photograph well. I tried to take oh, yeah. pictures of it and mix, mix it back. That looks like dirty water. <laughs> <laughs> but it tasted fantastic. I asked our bartender, which I've got to say, the service here, like they are mm-hmm. great, knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah knows wine. Hannah is like studying wine. And this guy, beat for beat, like, to talk wine with her and point her in the right direction when it came to the wine list. And then they're mixologists, and I will call them that because they were better than bartenders. Uh, <laughs> like they can make a drink like nothing else. And I was between two different things I was between the plaid apple and uh, actually one of their spirit free cocktails, which was the sweater weather. I guess I was feeling like the fall spirit, but. He described the plaid apple as, the first one is like fall in a glass. And I was like, say no more. That's the one I want. Got the plaid apple and it lived up to it. it this was fall in a glass. It's the perfect time of year to go have this. Did
2: it have apple jack? Is that why it's called that?
1: Uh, yes, it did. It has apple jack. <laughs> you a
2: mixologist?
0: <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm the idiot that saw that and thought, Applejack's like the (laughs) (laughs) cereal.
0: It's like sprinkled around the rim of it and they dip it in it.
1: I I probably would have been more inclined to order it initially. But yeah, Applejack uh, spiced pear, cinnamon, black walnut bitters,
2: and lemon. That sounds very autumnal. Were you wearing your red and black plaid shirt at the time?
1: I was. I was. I was wearing my red
2: and black plaid shirt. I love it when it all comes together like that.
0: You guys say this like he has one, okay? We all know he's got seven in his closet and each one has a different day on the tag.
2: I'm
1: basically like a cartoon character. I open my closet and it's just the same shirt wall to wall. Uh, All
3: right, John. Well, I've also had the corner office and I thought it was fantastic. I did not get a drink on this uh, most recent visit. Um, but I did recreate one of my favorite cocktails that they've had on the menu in the past, which was called a hay burner, And I have been trying to, like, reverse engineer it myself over the last year because I think this was on their fall menu from last year. And it is – I would say this is – fall in a glass it, it is like <laughs> all of the things that i love to drink in the fall it has rye pumpkin spice mm. macchiato <laughs> Ew. backwoods malt liquor <laughs> uh it's like a rye it has apple jack in it amaro a red wine maple syrup it's like just all of these great flavors together topped off with maraschino cherry it's wonderful but so that's what i fixed at home after we got back with the food um so my wife chelsea and i we we shared a couple of things we started and ended our meal uh much like you francie we had the um the artichokes this is the first time i'd had the artichokes um and again i thought they uh absolutely exceeded expectations Mm -hmm. um i think you did a, a pretty uh marvelous job of describing them uh we also we ordered the squash again mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I again forgot what to expect from it <laughs> uh and in fact like I was busy opening up other containers and Chelsea uh popped open this question I again I kind of like did a double take on it like did we order that what like, are these fried it's things a squash yeah uh, okay right yeah of course and I you know I talked about that before but I would say that is um if you are uh if you were just going to select something from one thing from the small plates, I would not make that the one thing. And it's not to say that it's bad because it's not. I think it's exquisite, but it is. Um, I think it works best in company with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's something else. Last night was the uh, fingerling potatoes. Oh, those looked really good too. Delicious, yeah. And uh, the um, the uh, sauce um, that they serve with that is it's
2: tuna, right?
3: I don't. I could not tell. Um, I really. I was not sure. The I sauce?
2: think tonado is the Italian word for tuna. For tuna.
1: Francie fact check. We can't do him anymore because she's here.
3: <laughs> she, she's like
1: <laughs> quietly scrambling for her phone to, to do it right now. Isn't
0: Tonato the main character in Fast and Furious? Is that?
1: That's probably it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so it's just his his home brew. It's, uh, it's made with Corona, right? <laughs> So is the cauliflower? Is it like really big when it comes out? Like, does it like puff up and it's like a big mound of the squash? Oh yeah, the no.
3: I, well, actually, yeah, it does. Um, especially in the the most recent order, it it was like a a, a big hearty mound, and uh, I like Chelsea was. We have this joke that I don't like to eat with my hands, but all of my favorite foods are, like, things that... Finger foods. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But so I'm, like, forking the... these tempura fried things. And at one point I ended up taking this massive chunk with me and she's like, you're just going to have to use your hands. You're just going to have to do it. And I'm (laughs) I'm like trying to like fling it off my fork, trying to separate it and it would not separate. But um, it's, it's a, it's a good mix. There are, you know, smaller pieces and then larger pieces that you can kind of split.
1: I saw someone order it down the bar from us. (laughs) I looked at Hannah and I was like, I don't know what that is, but we should have got that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Francie fact check. Cut my music in here. Tonato is a classic Italian sauce that's made with tuna and anchovies that are pureed with egg yolks, lemon juice, olive oil, and tuna oil, and seasonings.
1: Mm. Okay. It does sound like Vin Diesel.
0: (laughs) Uh, So when you said tuna, that sounded. Strange to me, but then when you said anchovies, I was like, oh, yeah, there's plenty of sauces that are made with anchovies, but
3: very, very good. Um, and then, uh, for an entree, uh, we split the pan roasted cod, mm. and uh, that, uh, when you mentioned, Francie, the display of the chocolate tart and how it seemed to have like uh, miraculous qualities uh, about it that ensured that it would be. Uh, presentable after traveling, you know, in a bag and you know mm-hmm. across town or whatever. I felt the same way about this cod. It, it was it was beautiful. I've never seen a takeout meal look so good. Especially one that has kind of a viscous, soupy consistency, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, you sort of expect that to either, like, congeal or, like, just slide Slide to the side of the... Yeah. Yeah. And this one did not. It was amazing. Um, How
2: do they do that?
3: I don't know. We we stood there. (laughs) You know, we're standing around the the island in our kitchen, and we've got all these, you know, dishes open. And and Chelsea's like, before I plate this, you need to, like, really look at it. And I did. I just kind of studied it for a little bit. And it, in addition to just being like beautiful and impressive in the way that it was, it maintained its um, integrity. Yes, it looked like uh, fall. It, it was a, a beautiful fall dish, a perfect dish for uh, this time of year. Just the like the hues of orange and brown and yellow. It was just a very saturated dish, and it was delicious. It, the the right flaky consistency for the fish, and the which,
2: by the way, to- Fish mm. to be served in a restaurant at the right texture and be flaky and wonderful is one thing, but then for it to stay to in a go yeah. container yeah. where it stays warm enough and not end up overcooked and still have that great
1: texture. Was yours cold since you looked at it for forty-five minutes?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was breathing on it while I was doing that, so it was fun. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. It was wonderful. It was. Uh, I think one of the best entrees that I've had there a handful yeah it's number 2 for me but yeah <laughs> because of that pork you. Yeah. yeah it was very good and then uh, uh we wrapped up with the the chocolate tart and mm-hmm. i uh, at this point i was actually so uh full of very rich very good food that i was not able to finish my portion uh but i did want to talk about the crust a little bit because that was what really stood out to me um i and i thought everything else was good but um the crust, it had this kind of granular uh, texture to it, but it was it, it still again maintained its integrity. It was it it, it re- remained kind of cohesive, um, even as I was you know hammering it with the fork. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then once I got it into my mouth, it just kind of lightly mm-hmm. dissipated across my tongue. It was it was incredible.
1: So, Francie, you mentioned there were three desserts. I got two of them. <laughs> Me and Hannah were like, let's okay, let's try the desserts. We also got the wild blueberry cake. Mm-hmm. Hannah described this really well, where she said it was a wonderful surprise, and that's what she kind of looks for in like a great fine dining experience because it was this like silky, beautiful cake with these blueberries on top, and then at the bottom is a malden crumble, so it has this like. Textural Element of like a crunch To it in this blueberry cake Um The flavor was fantastic but What they were able to do with the texture Like it was one of those where it's like Well I need another slice because I'm still trying to figure out what I Just Mm. ate in the name of science In in like the best way (laughs) yeah yeah So um that Their desserts are fantastic And their cocktails and their Drink menu are fantastic so Um you know John, you keep talking about if if I came in and, like, you know, had one plate and mm-hmm. a couple drinks, this is what I'd get. I would go in and get a dessert and a couple drinks mm-hmm. and be perfectly happy. Whereas Hannah and I have even talked about, like, well, we should make dinner one night and then go to Little yeah. Fox and get drinks and a dessert. And, like, that'll that will be, like, perfect. the perfect
3: thing. Yeah.
0: Great way to do it. Nice. Try- <laughs> <He> just <laughs> looked at me like, next.
2: <laughs> By the way, do we know how often they tend to change their menu? Well, is they better just... change
0: it soon because... No, like,
2: I want to go back and get that fish. What, what,
0: <laughs> in the winter, people are going to be like, all of this is fall food. I can't eat this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I want to go in like, the middle of May, and he's like, it's fall on a class," And I'm like, I still want that.
3: <laughs> I think it has to happen on at least uh, a mm, every other month basis. Wow.
2: Well, yeah. I better get on that website and make a reservation.
1: <laughs> you need to go get that chocolate tart.
3: Yeah. I did read one of the things that they talked about
0: in all the pivoting that they've done in the pandemic is have a lot of specials. So hmm. they probably keep a lot of it, but rotate the specials. Um, John, thank you so much for joining us. I knew you were going to be a great guest. Uh, you, you, you had like five restaurants ready the moment I texted you to ask you <laughs> if you would be on the podcast. <laughs> you know, after you and Julia being on recently, it's so obvious how bad. Travis and I are at talking about food, and we need to find some other people who are just as bad. So we look better.
1: But We're going to be like a record label. We don't actually have any talent. We're just going to find some people yeah. that do.
0: That's appropriate. But, yeah, are we all in agreement this is just a fantastic spot?
1: Yeah. You know, my big hesitation for it was it is pricier. I mean, I will say, you know, but you, the quality is good. I am so glad, John, that you and Francie got takeout and were able to speak to it holding up for its, like, the food's integrity. Because the first thing that went through my mind was a place this nice, I'm not getting takeout. I'm not going to, you know, pay like a good amount for a dinner to get it home. And it's like, well, I bet this was way better in the restaurant, and now it's like a shell of its former self in this, you know, cardboard <laughs> container. But hearing that they put so much like thought and care into their takeout procedures, it just makes me much more apt to try it that way.
3: I would just uh, add to that that um, you know I I knew going into that 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 would be a good experience just from previous you know when when they the the pandemic first you know came about and they were doing takeout aggressively um, I was only living maybe five minutes away from the place so it, it it was one thing for it to make that journey and still be you know good but I've now since moved and it's closer to like 10 or 15 minutes away so uh, it was a pleasant surprise that it, it was maybe even better weirdly like <laughs> I don't know how that could possibly be
2: true but it, it was It's magical yeah
3: but yeah that chocolate tart
1: is um, I I put a lot of thought into this and when I say this I I want you to know I've, I've given it thought before I use these words. It's one of the at least the top three things I've ever eaten on this podcast was that chocolate tart. It was fantastic.
0: Even better than crap rangoon's.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I still have to say uh, I do think the apple fritter from Pharaoh's Donuts is still my favorite
3: thing. Yep. But this one's up there, too.
2: High praise indeed.
0: Um, John, do you have anything you want to plug or say?
3: No, I I would just uh, say thank you for the invitation. This was great. I've been wanting to talk about this place since they opened. And, you know, with every subsequent experience and the way that they've changed. And I remember this quote about Mystery Science Theater 3000 back when this was airing. (laughs) And it was somebody describing the show and, like, the appeal. And it's like they're in my head. The narrators of Mystery Science Theater, the writers, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. they're in my head. And that's the way Little Fox feels for me. I think about, like, going into the pandemic like how could this how could we possibly ever still support restaurants and then they figure out a way to do it and it's great and then you know with every iteration that they try it is like something that I have been wanting but haven't been able to articulate Um, you know so I think like they are constantly on the cusp of doing something else that's really cool and I'm excited to see what the next thing is
1: you know you can just call us to talk about stuff like we don't have to do a (laughs) podcast (laughs)
0: Travis says that, but he hasn't talked to me since our last record. (laughs) Hey,
1: I don't talk to Nick unless the microphone's on. All
0: right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and listening. If you like listening, say hi on Instagram. If you don't like listening, say hi on Instagram and tell us what we're doing wrong. No, don't do that. No, give us your honest takes. If you want to use a burner account, that's fine.
2: Remember to eat local, support our local restaurants when they count on us.
1: And tell Mitch I said hi.
2: Okay, let's talk about the food. Experience. Experience. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
0: not.
1: (laughs) Get out.